Hey guys, G-Man here. Thank you so much for downloading this episode of The Bullpen Cart, presented by Thunderblogsports.com. Greg Piatelli and I are back to preview the last two divisions for the 2018 season, the NL East and NL Central. Each one of those teams, you can find the uh, individual previews in the timestamps, but we do go through every team and rank them how we think they're going to finish up within their respective divisions. So you got to check that out. We finish up with a little hockey talk and a quick bleacher creature bringing that segment back in preparations for the season. But as always, you can find us on iTunes, the bullpen cart. That's where you can find the Thunderblogs podcast network, including the Hockey and Hoops Hour, Girls on Hoops, and all that good stuff. Thunderblogsports.com is where you can find all of our great blog coverage. ThunderBLG is where you can find us on Twitter. And of course, Thunderblogsports is the username on Instagram and Facebook. But enjoy this week's episode. It's a ton of fun. Let us know what you think in the comments. And thanks again. And we are live. Welcome to this final preview of the 2018 MLB season here on the bullpen cart presented by thunderblogsports.com I of course am the G-man Jordy Cannell with me my man Greggy P what's up Greg you know not much uh another day another dollar getting excited for the playoffs uh for both basketball hockey getting excited for the Masters um in a couple weeks, but most importantly, um, week. most importantly, opening day Thursday, uh, which would be a super exciting day. Um, it's gonna be fun as always. It'll be a lot of fun. I, of course, cannot. How are wait. you doing, Jordy? What am I doing for opening day? Well, no, I'm going I said, to work. I said, how, I said, how you doing? Oh. Oh, I'm doing well, you know. Uh, it's still kind of muggy here in Philly after our uh, survival of the snowstorm last Wednesday. Um, that's mostly melting at this point. And, you know, we're we're starting to see it melt. I'm hoping that uh, it doesn't rain. It's supposed to rain at some point either tonight or tomorrow. And I'm my softball season debut got a, or season kickoff got pushed back a week from last week because of the snow and I'm hoping it doesn't get pushed another week because otherwise I'm going to miss it because I'm going to Philly's opening day next week. So fingers crossed the weather holds here in Philadelphia. Hey, I hear you. Supposed yeah. to be, what, 50 degrees and something tomorrow? Yeah, I think something like that. And then played a little golf this weekend. Supposed to get mm. into the 60s. So uh, You're hoping to yeah. play golf this weekend, huh? Yeah, hoping to play golf. I mean... You know, the I guess that's sort of the positive thing. If it doesn't rain now, it'll probably rain later, and that might affect my golfing. So, you know, give one, take from the other, I guess. But let's let's just hope I can be outside for a majority of the next couple of days. Hey, Jordy, I'm hoping you can be outside for the majority of the next couple of days. <laughs> I'm glad there's an echo in this uh, here. Google Hangout. <laughs> anyway. So we're here tonight. We're finishing the last two divisions. Once again, we're doing a double division preview edition of the podcast this time, both in the national league going the NL East and the NL central both should be a lot of fun. I'm excited to talk about both of them with you, Greg, because of course the NL East is where my Phillies are and you always keep me in check more on that later with the Phillies and others. 
But let's start in the NL East. We have the Atlanta Braves, who, you know, they they come in, they come in young. Would would I be fair to to, to put it that way, Greg? Yeah, I mean, so much young talent. Um, I mean, they have two of the top five young prospects in the game in terms of guys that are one or two years or three years or so removed from, you know, being number one picks and being called up and such. Yeah. Yeah. They be, they qualify for the rising stars challenge in the NBA. In other words. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if so more, I mean, do you want to get right into it? And, uh, you know, of course I'm talking about Dansby Swanson and then, uh, Ronald Acuna jr. Who, Mm -hmm. Everyone throw, is talking. I throw Ozzy up there, Ozzy Albiez in second base. Yeah. Still per- yeah. I mean, even even their starting rotation is super young um, with Matt Whistler and, and Sean Newcomb. But, you know, the I remember the Red Sox went down to Atlanta for a weird two-game series um, last season. And just even then, you know, they were talking about how much young talent the Braves had and what they have in their rotation or what they have coming in their pipeline. And, this kid Acuna, uh, you know, there. Some people are comparing him to Mike Trout, which I don't want to go that far um, because Mike Trout obviously is the Tom Brady of baseball, if you will. Um, maybe, maybe more Peyton Manning because he hasn't won anything yet. Um, but you know, Dansby Swanson also had had a lot of hype coming up. He had a tough year last year, so he's really going to rebound. So. You know, with some young talent, some guys play well. Obviously, Freddie Freeman is a an MVP candidate every year, um, just because of his numbers and his production. But uh, you know, the Braves are, are, I guess, the 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 the, the process of. <laughs> no, no, no. That's the Marlins later on in the preview. But no, the Braves, <laughs> the Braves, the Braves look good. Honestly, the uh, the young talent is going to be exciting to watch. If I'm a Braves fan, there's a lot to look forward to in the future. Um, you know, this season may not be great, but like I said, lots to look forward to, a lot going on down in Atlanta. And uh you know, hopefully hopefully some of these young guys can produce for a little bit and, and at least be be in the conversation for the better part of the season so that <clears throat> they're not out too early. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I think they made some trades too. Uh obviously the big one was uh getting and then releasing and as part of a five-way trade for Matt Kemp, Adrian Gonzalez. Uh, but uh, along with that, they got Charlie Culberson. They got Brandon McCarthy, uh, Scott Kazmir, you know, all, all veteran, more veteran players that um, I think they released Scott Kazmir as well, but um, yeah, they did the other day, but the, you know, these guys who they got some return for it. And, and I think they could be in an interesting position to, try to hang around it's tough really when you're in a division with a couple other teams that we're going to get to but you know the nationals the mets uh that are talented and are playoff contenders of really competing at it they won 72 games last year uh so not terrible i mean they they finished in third in their division over you know the phillies and the mets obviously the mets had had a little bit different of a reason but they still won 70 games um but I, I, you know, I think Atlanta new new year in their new park or second year in their new new park, I should say, they could possibly put some something together. I think that that middle of the the division, middle to fourth, is probably a good good spot to pencil them in. If I had to guess, 
Yeah, I mean, we save predictions for the end, but um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 like I said, I think, I mean, you see it all the time in in some other divisions or other sports, I should say, you know, where the top teams are are so doing so well that those sort of bottom teams have to match that, and and almost looking to the NL West um, that you and I did a, a couple of pods ago, but yes, that sort of you know, the Dodgers were here and Arizona had to catch them and. Colorado had to catch them and the Giants, you know, you could even argue the Giants for that team or what have you. So, you know, sort of that, that when, when your top team, the team in your division is so good at top, you're just trying constantly trying to play catch up. And, and I think the Braves could be that sort of Rockies or even Minnesota twins sort of type. Um, you know, they have a ton of young talent. Is it good enough to surprise some teams and maybe make a, make a, a wild card second wild card push or run you know maybe a long shot but there is that sort of they have there is that sort of air around this team especially with a guy like Freddie Freeman um, but again starting pitching is is nowhere near what it needs to be to make that that playoff run but they do have a lot of offensive talent in Atlanta no they absolutely do I mean if they can and if it starts clicking especially that outfield that we haven't really touched on yet they have Ender and Ciarte. They have Nick Markakis. They made a couple recent signings of you know more more uh, you know role players, if if you would you know almost a seventh, eighth, ninth guy off the bench in a basketball team like a Peter Borges. Lane Adams is it looks like at least on Yahoo they're they're starting left fielder or will be one of theirs. He's you know twenty eight, fourth year in the league. Uh, he could I mean it looks like he can play all the different positions. He could help out there. So I mean. If they really start getting it going. Isn't left field where that Acuna guy is playing? I want to clarify on the Acuna situation. So basically what the Braves did, and you're right, he'll get into left field. But he uh, he, basically what the Braves are doing is what the the Cubs did with Chris Bryant. They're starting him in the minors. And if they keep him down there until at least April 13th, they can delay his free agency by a full year. Uh, Basically for those that are unaware – the way the free agency works is baseball is is by what's called service time, which is the number of days out of the baseball year you've been on the major league roster. So basically, by delaying until April thirteenth, his service time doesn't flip it, doesn't get to the necessary six years of service time for an extra year. So instead of becoming a, a free agent in what would it be two thousand twenty four, I think it would be, it now gets pushed an extra year. If that makes sense, which is just absurd. Yeah, this is it's 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 really dumb. It's a good business decision, but it's really dumb. He can basically do what what Chris Bryant did, and I think you can. I'm not sure if it's a grievance or what it is, but you can get some type of payout for it. Chris Bryant did the same thing when the Cubs did it three years ago. Um, so there's, I, I would there's there's rumors that they've that they uh, have are trying to reach a long term six seven year deal with the kid already for. Upwards of thirty to forty million already, and yeah, the Phillies just did that with with uh, Scott Kingery, but we'll, we'll get to that with him. Yeah, so you have a you have a pretty good outfield that that can you know help to supplement that that offense if they really to get it going, or you know especially with Freddie Freeman kind of cl- cleaning things up, they have kind of a good tandem at catcher Tyler Flowers and Kurt Suzuki. They could maybe piece together some stuff, but I, that that catch up role that you alluded to. Pretty good call, I would say. Yeah, and I think it. I think it really comes down to you know even Dansby Swanson sort of leaning 
leading that young charge, you know, that young guys, you almost see it with the Red Sox with Mookie Betts um, sort of filling that that superstar role so the other rookies can sort of, and uh, sorry, other young guys can sort of get better on their own time, uh, if you will. Um, so, you know, hopefully Danzy Swanson, brave shortstop, can can be that guy and rebound from last year. He had so much hype around him, but you're right. I mean, Kurt Suzuki's been around. They have a, they have a lot of veterans as well as young guys. This is a good good mix. But you know, name guys. You know, if I was a if I was in the Atlanta area, you know, I'm not getting out of bed for Freddie Freeman. You know, I'm not rolling to the bar, ballpark when Brandon McCarthy is on the mound as their starting pitcher or Sean Newcomb or you know whatever it may be. So. Um, you know, it's a it's a weird position to be in, but I, like I said, I think they have so many so many young talents. They they continue to have high draft picks, so they're on the path to sort of that rebuild, um, try to catch up as we talked about um, role. So, Jordy, let me let's go to the next team in the division. Yes, uh, Miami Marlins, Jordy. Um, so for those who may or may not know, or you know. You might watched, be aware, but you want to relive it. <laughs> haven't, haven't, yeah, exactly. Or haven't watched ESPN ever. Um, Derek Jeter bought the Marlins and more or less sold everyone who didn't want to be there, yeah. <laughs> including their best players. Um, and sort of leaves them with a roster that is that is young. And yeah, they traded for Sterling Castro, Starlin Castro, Yankee second baseman who you know, is a good player. Um, still have Martin Prado, um, but certainly, certainly not the firepower um, that they had before. Um, Jordy, do you want to just walk us through some of the trades that happened just for, I assume you have yeah, it in front for, of you. Yeah. For shits and gigs. We walk right through it. So they traded D Gordon to the Mariners for three minor leaguers. Then they trade Giancarlo Stanton and $30 million in contract relief. So basically they're they're eating $30 million of Stanton's contract to the Yankees for Starlin Castro and two minor leaguers. They trade Marcelo Zuna to the Cardinals for two minor leaguers. And then this is probably the most interesting trade to me. They traded in January, Kristen Yelich, very good player to the Milwaukee Brewers. If you've seen the Brewers Sandlot video, he actually plays... Benny the Jet Rodriguez, which has an aside, why the fuck would you let your new guy play Benny the Jet Rodriguez? Make it like <laughs> make it somebody that's a vet. I get if you don't want to have Ryan Braun's face everywhere because of all the shit that's happened, I get that. Don't make the, the guy you just got two months ago fucking Benny the Jet. Anyway, they got him for Lewis Brinson, who's gonna who's gonna be their center fielder. He still qualifies for rookie of the year, even after a subpar call-up with the Brewers last year. Uh, he's one guy that's up there for rookie of the year. So it could be a bounce back year for him. It could also not be a great year for him. He didn't do so well. Like I said, I think he went two for 22 bad and one, one, one. Uh, so we, uh, we'll, we'll see how he does, but yeah, I mean, the fire sale was on. They still got Justin Bohr, the guy who, you know, surprised everybody, the hometown hero in the home run derby who can still hit bombs. They got Cameron Mabrin. Mabin. Uh JT Real Muto is still there. Former Philly. Who is? Mabin. Uh is he? I don't Isn't remember. He? I don't think he was on the Phillies. Uh, but I mean a lot of a lot of what's happened with the Marlins also comes down to letting a lot of guys 
walk. I mean, that Stalin Castro's there and really unhappy at second base. He probably he's requested a trade has not been granted that wish yet. Uh, who knows if he will be or not, if they want to try to build up his, you know, his resume throughout the year and try to trade him to a contender. Cause they're not really going to do much. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's pretty safe to say. Um, yeah. I mean, and it's tough cause you're talking about a team that uh, was, you know, a couple games away from making the playoffs and had an offense that was off the charts last year. And, really carry their their pitching rotation since it was so bad and they didn't get any better at pitching and their offense got a million times worse so there's no there's no chance of them you know last year um what they went 78 games 77 games um right there sort of in the in the I guess not the hunt, but sort of they were there for a they're while 10 games out I mean they beat the pirates yeah I mean they're you know, a team they that, were there they, yeah um, so it's like they were there and, and, and John Carlo was even close to, to breaking or hitting the 62 number. Um, Jordy and I were rooting hard for that, but, um, <laughs> the only ones talking about it apparently in sports, but, um, I think he ended with 59. So, I mean, it's tough cause you know, it's a team that you, you want to, honestly, it's almost like the Eagles and Chip Kelly a couple of years ago where, you know, Chip Kelly comes in, makes waves, cuts ads brings in guys to fit his system and and it's almost sort of that trust the new ownership trust the trust what's going on you know it's a tough tough position to be in um as as a fan and in general and i mean you can speak to it more than most but sort of that blind faith trust that that jeter and the and the ownership group know what they're doing know what they're talking about um or else you know there's no reason to show up at all uh to the bullpen or to the whoops to the ballpark yeah yeah i mean but to that point i mean i'm looking through a lot of these guys that they had that that were on their team last year who were solid enough that could have you know helped them out a little bit it's tough i mean if you look at their pitching staff it's it's not really anything to write home about and it's not going to be a lot to compete, especially we just talked about it in Atlanta offense. We're going to talk about Washington. We're going to talk about the Mets, potentially the Phillies. That's everybody else in the division. And then you have the rest of the National League. We've done the the NL West. We're going to do the NL Central later. That's, you know, I mean, you're going to have a tough time facing this. Also, the cross division is the, a- is the AL East. You play the Yankees where you just sent Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge and all those other dudes. You play the Red Sox. You play a lot. You're playing a lot of power hitting baseball teams. I mean, I honestly think when they play the Baltimore Orioles, it might be like a. It look might look like a football score between between the Ravens and the Dolphins. It might be like thirty to twenty eight. <laughs> no, and it's funny too because you know you're talking about as as we discussed, um, sort of the pitching staff being so bad last year and the reason why they were able to win games because they won games seven to six, they won yeah. games, what have you 10 to 10 to nine, but they just don't have the offense to do that this year. And, and it's no. sad. And it, and at least the Braves have, have players for, for fans to come out and watch, you know, the Marlins. Yeah. Sterling Castro or, or what have you, but like at the end of the day, what, where's that going to get you? So yeah. um, I don't Let's know about you, but yeah, is- 
Miami. Sorry for interrupting you. No. That's Miami's big. That's been their issue for a while. Is that even last year when they were at one point, I think it was closer than ten games out, which is where they finished in the wild card standings. But they still were having issues filling up the stadium. And right. I think this year, like you're really going to have some serious issues with it. I mean, there's the whole Marlins man feud. For those that don't know, Marlins man who you see at every game tried to buy four years worth of tickets so he could write almost a half a million dollar check check to Derek Jeter. And they had what was apparently one of the most awkward conversations in the history of conversations. Nobody knows the actual details. That's how Marlins man tells it. But I mean, it's, it's just turmoil everywhere in Miami. Yeah, no, I mean, 100% right. And it's frustrating because, you know, they just built this new stadium and there's a whole thing about the ownership group making the city pay for it and blah, blah, blah. And, and it was a whole ordeal. Finally got the stadium, put this absurd, gross thing in the in center field every time a home run hit, it spins and all that nonsense. And, and was it Isn't not, it not spin anymore? Didn't they, st- <laughs> didn't they put put the capiche on that or the kibosh on that for the wall for the uh all-star game uh, maybe just for the all-star game but i hope not i hope i mean they should just get rid of it but it just it hasn't worked out and i don't know i just it's sad honestly it's it's honestly sad and, and there's thank god i'm not a marlins fan thank god uh you know i'm not in miami and and honestly derek jeter yeah, he's a Yankee, and and obviously Red Sox, you're you're inclined to hate him. But as as I've always said to you, Jordan, I think I've said in this podcast, Jeter's always been a guy that you have to respect, regardless of oh, yeah. of how you feel about the Yankees or, or things like that. And if we're being honest, this is just not good for not a good look for him. I know he may not be the guy pulling the strings because there's an ownership group, but he's yeah. the guy that gets the blame, and not a good look for him. So, oh yeah, let's move on to the other New York team. Yes, let's move on to the dreaded New York Mets, my least favorite team in baseball. They come back this year pretty much fully healthy, having won 70 games last year. They went 70 and 92, two games behind the Braves. Greg, when you look at the Miami Marlins, or the, uh, not the Miami Marlins, the New York Mets, what is your first impression of them? I mean, we talked about it previously, but without injuries, I, it all comes down to how healthy they can stay. Yep. Two years ago, they stayed healthy and they had an unbelievable run last year. They got hurt and were the worst team you could argue in the division. Yep. What, what are your thoughts, Jordy? Do you think that this staff can stay healthy? Do you think that this offense who does barely enough to win when, when pitchers are on, uh, can, withstand another injury to one of their key guys again well let's talk about the offense because (laughs) i mentioned a guy that went to a division rival the went to the atlanta braves and left and has now come to new york adrian gonzalez your former boy he's here (laughs) he's he'll be doing whatever then they made a few other moves they went out and got todd frazier from the yankees they still have yoanna cespedes they still have Jay Bruce, or they actually signed Jay Bruce, excuse me. Um, they still got Travis Darno. They still have one of the most ridiculous pitching staffs ever in that I can remember. 
I mean, the, the Mets, I'm going to say it right now. I mean, they're, they're a playoff threat. If they stay healthy, they're, they're going to have a really good year. Like they still got Michael Conforto who can basically play either corner or infield. And if you want to move Jay Bruce or Yoannis to a different position, you want to put him, you want to put Cespedes in center, which they've done a couple times. You, I mean, you could get some, you could get some serious, interesting shit going on if you're in New York. Yeah. I mean, they, and correct me if I'm wrong, but they have a rookie shortstop or second year shortstop. Who Rosario? Yeah. Yeah. Are they, I'm, is he still technically a rookie? Hmm. That's why we need Stevie G on. But then they got Jose Jose Reyes, who, who you know could come in here and there, spot star, what have you. But hmm. yeah, I mean you're right. I mean Uenis obviously up there for home runs every year, and he just got that big contract. Um, so you know, hopefully he's doing well. He he has a good year again for them. They need it. Um, you know it. Yeah, Todd Frazier, the bald head Lord Voldemort. Um, He's from New Jersey. <laughs> People forget that. He took a picture with Derek Jeter. Now he's going to take that picture in Miami Marlins ballpark. I mean, the re- here's the reason, right? Here's the thing. Adrian, Adrian Gonzalez, there's a reason why he didn't play for the Dodgers for the last couple of years. There's a reason why the Red Sox got rid of him. You know, he just, through injury and through getting old, he just hasn't been the same player that he was back in the heyday. Oh, sure. He's not nearly what I think the Mets are looking for or what the Mets are hoping to get out of them. They're just not going to get out of them. Um, so I think they need a better long-term plan at first. Um, you know, if we're, if we're speaking candidly and, and he could be part of that, that injury, if you will. And, and, you know, and obviously starting pitchers to Grom, Syndergaard, Harvey, when he comes back, Maltz, you know, even Jason Vargas, who they picked up as a huge thing. I mean, Zach Wheeler did a lot of time with them last year. Um, You know, it's just one of those things where they, like you said, their staff is unbelievable. And if they can stay healthy, it's. It's also worth noting. Huge if. Yeah, it is a huge if. I'm sorry that I was jumping on you for a second there. But it is worth noting that before he got traded last year to the, the Indians, Jay Bruce did play some first base for them. Not a ton. Uh, I'm looking at it now. He played one game at first base for Cleveland. He played 11 for the Mets. He did a couple times when he was still with the Reds. Uh, So he could do that. You could finagle the offense or the defense that way. Uh, But I think you're right. Trying to figure out a young guy down the pipe. Again, this is a big bummer of why we didn't get Stevie or why Stevie G couldn't come on tonight. But seeing that they have a younger guy in in the pipeline to bring up. um, But we'll see. I mean, they still have as double could as Drupal Cabrera, Wilmer Flores at second. Um, I, I mean, you could figure out a number of different ways to get this lineup going. You know, uh, Wilmer Flores can play some first. Todd Frazier could play some first if you wanted to move Cabrera to third. I mean, looking at, at kind of how they can make this lineup mold almost in a Dodgers way, uh, y- you might have a you might have something going there. Yeah, and, and it's tough because it's, it's one of those teams where it's like one every year, you know, one wrong injury or one bad injury and, and things go south immediately. Whereas some of these other teams, I, you're just talking about Dodgers, even the nationals in this division, um, you know, even, even the Cubs and, and, you know, they're set up where one guy goes down, they can have, they can slide a guy over and they have that depth. They have those, those guys who may not be starters, but will be starters on, a Braves or, you know, 
a Marlins team, if you will. So the Mets don't really have that in their depth chart. Yeah, they got Wilmer Flores, um, you know, but he cries in he he cries in big situations. And as we know, Jordy, there's no what in baseball. There's no crying in baseball. <laughs> now, a couple other things because we barely touched on the starting do, pitching rotation. Sorry, I do like their catcher. I do like Darnold. I think he's. I think he's. Say his last name again. Darno. Darno. Travis Darno. What I say. Darno. Listen. You sound I, like you sound like I didn't hear Belfort's dad in the the hooker scene. It's T and E. It's Darno. I didn't hear a difference between you and me. That's all I'm saying. All right. Well, <laughs> Are you just saying that because you used to be a Philly? Is that what? Well, he never actually got to the Phillies. He was traded for uh, uh, late great Roy Halladay. Uh, but anyway, back on track. We right, didn't really yeah. dive too deep into the pitching staff. You're right. They need to stay healthy. But it's worth noting that they got guys like they got Jason Vargas in free agency from the Kansas City Royals who had a very good year. Yeah, big pickup. Big yeah. pickup. We have not mentioned, though, one of the best one-two punches in baseball and that would be Thor and brunette Thor. That'd be Norris <laughs> Indigard and Jacob. Dur- Seriously. He has the same hair. He has the same haircut. Yeah, but they call him Thor cause he's huge and he's built Degrom is not built. Syndergaard, by yeah. the way, is the Syndergaard Thor also has blonde hair like Thor or Thor pre Thor Ragnarok. No spoilers. No spoilers. Um, <laughs> whoa. Don't, don't laugh at that, man. The movie no, is fantastic. I mean, you're, <laughs> You're right. Degrom and Syndergaard up there with with some of the with the with the Nationals and the Red Sox for having some of the better one-two pitchers in baseball. Um, like I snuck them in there, no big deal. But you know the Mets also have, like you said, Vargas and Maltz and Wheeler. If they can get Harvey back to what he used to be, there's you know the this this team really there's so much potential for them to be potentially very successful if they if the big if you know it's it's always yeah. it always comes out of the big if and and that sort of that's so that sort of seems to be a yearly thing with them um at least recently sort of the big if the Mets yeah. would be so good if the Mets would be this if you know so it's tough and it's frustrating I'm sure as a Mets fan and I feel like it's something that Mets fans have have long since talked about and complained about but it's also another thing that you know, there's nothing they can do about it. They're either going to be healthy or they're not. And it's, yeah. it's frustrating, but Jordy in all reality, you know, I think this year they're better suited. If a pitcher does go down, they are better suited to take that where, you know, my point that I was trying to make before is that if a position player goes down, they're not in a position to, to recover from that, if you will. So that's what my point was earlier, just sort of position player goes down. They don't really have the depth, but starting pitcher goes down last year. They were crippled by it. I don't think it affects them as much as it did last year, just because they yeah. got some depth in on the back end, but yeah, they, they flop their margins, if you will, between uh, the next guy up on pitching versus batting. Hmm. Sounds like a Patriot term. Next guy up. Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, other teams used it too, and it, it went pretty well for them. Um, uh. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, I don't know. I mean, 
the Patriots were the first ever to say do your job, and they're the first ever to. Uh... <laughs> yeah, but you know, no, some other kidding. teams took obviously, next guy up, and uh, you know, it, it worked out well for them. Well, it's just like I'm sorry, it's just ridiculous. Like people in New England, be like uh, Belichick's the only one who said first guy up or do your job. Like, <laughs> I feel like I don't know. I just feel like people say do your job has been a thing for forever. I don't know. No. Oh, it absolutely is. Yeah. I mean, I feel like he probably took that right from Parcells because Parcells is you are what your record says you are like all those kind of, you know, hard nosed, gritty type of sayings. Yeah. Anyways, that's a different pod for a different yeah, time. That's different, but... different conversation altogether. But yeah, the point of the story, we'll get to what, where we think the Mets might be able to go. But health, we obviously don't wish ill will. So health dependent, the Mets will be pre- will be pretty good. Oh yeah, for sure. And yeah. I mean, their bullpen's not great. Um, if we're, if we're, yeah, I was going to say that too. I think they have a lot of the same mainstays, but they're just getting older. They need to probably trade for an arm if they're in contention. Yeah, and and who's your closer? You know, who's who's the guy that who's the name that's going to close games out for you? Yeah. I think right now it's still Familia, right? He's, I mean, he's still pretty solid. No, I know, but last year he had what a three something ERA, and I don't know. I just no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Having said that, we move on to the most important team in the division. Oh boy! All right, Greg, lay it on me. We still we come to my Phillies, and Greg, I'm going to let you open up with them. No, no, listen. You recap the offseason moves, and I'll I'll start with the predictions, and then you can come in with yours. Or not predictions, but my take. Okay. So the Phillies enter their 136th season of the <laughs> franchise. I'm, I'm not going to – I'm not going to bore you with all those details. So the uh, Phillies came in, new manager, Gabe Kapler, who has taken this – Big, big Gabe. This guy is either talk about like mad science. You mentioned Chip Kelly, who was referred to as the mad scientist while he was here. I mean, this guy is legitimately crazy. He's either going to be awesome. We need to see actual regular season games, not spring training. He's either going to be awesome as a manager or he's going to make some wacky moves one way or the other. There's, there's no middle ground. And if there is, there's a very slight chance of it. So Gabe Kapler comes in as manager. You have now a full season of Reese Hoskins. You hopefully have health out of their rotation. No, not nearly as good as the Mets. I'm going to say that right now coming into the season before even free agency pickups. But then you do have those free agency moves that they made. They re-signed Pat Nishak, who came back from Colorado, even though the Rockies offered him more money. The Phillies treat their players right. Stays back to Cliff Lee. <laughs> hey, Cliff Lee's wife got heckled by the Yankees uh, and they offered him way more money and he came back to the Phillies. So we, we treat our men, right? I anyway, think, I don't think you meant to say that. No, no, no. I meant, I know what I said. We treat our boys. Well, <laughs> I know what I said, Greg. Anyway, coming off of a 66 uh, win season and a lot of money, like a joker burning the mountain of money sized mountain of money. The Phillies signed Nishak to a ton of money. ton of money. They signed in one of the most diversive, divisive, excuse me, 
one of the most divisive signings of the offseason for the Philadelphia fans. Carlos Santana from the Cleveland Indians for a three-year, $60 million deal uh, that has a lot of money up front, so don't think it's 2020-20. And then during spring training, you go out and get Jake Arrieta. You basically wait it out. We've talked about this on the podcast before, but you wait it out, Scott Boris, to get Arietta to just a three-year deal. The club has the option to basically bail out on it on year three or pick it all the way up to five. Um, say what you will about where Jake Arietta has, you know, his fastball has been in the last couple of years, but he's a vet. He brings a veteran presence to a very, very young pitching staff that includes guys like Vince Velasquez, who spent a lot of last season on the DL. Other guys like Nick Pavetta, who it was announced today is going to make your Phillies second start down in Atlanta on, I believe it's Saturday. And then you have the man whose last name not only describes where he's from, describes where he's from and his family. That's Aaron Nola from New Orleans, Louisiana. And an LSU graduate. So <laughs> it's true, though. It describes where he's from, and it describes his family. It's his family name. I didn't say it's not true. I just, I'm just waiting for this long recap of their offseason moves to, uh, to cease. <laughs> well, I'll keep it short then. With one last thing, the, they're one of their top prospects. They just recently called, decided was going to make the team. Gave him the number four. Gave him, as we mentioned before, Scott Kingery, instead of waiting and doing the the you know the the Chris Bryant move or the Okuna move that the Braves are doing, they gave him a six year deal. Uh, same type of same type of thing, some club options and whatnot. Uh, that's Scott Kingery. He should be a very good second baseman, but it adds a lot of unknowns on how the Phillies are going to construct their lineup because now you have a crowded outfield with Carlos Santana coming in. You put Reese Hoskins now probably in left field, maybe move him into first for a couple games. You might also be able to move him to third. Same thing with J.P. Crawford, who did that a lot last year before the departure of – Wait, wait, wait. Isn't Carlos Santana a first baseman? He is. I mean, you could pro- you possibly – he'd probably move him into the outfield. Reese maybe to th- – if I had to guess, Reese is going to play a lot of left field, some first. Carlos Santana might play a little bit of outfield. Probably not. He's probably the first one to get – if you want to play the other three outfielders all together of Nick Williams, Aaron Altair, and Odubel Herrera. Now, finagling around the infield, J.P. Crawford's going to be your starting shortstop, and Michael Franco is going to be your starting third baseman. You could move Crawford over to third base. You saw some of that last year. You might be able to play Cesar at second. He's done that in the past to play, have Kingery play second. Uh, and then again, you could move Reese to first, keep Carlos Santana there. Um, and really finagle it around the I one. Think, I think if anybody sits first, it's Aaron Altair. Yeah, Aaron Altair. I don't. I don't think is on the opening day or is on the opening day roster, but he's not an opening day starter. Yeah, I think, I think if be... anyone sits, it's going to be him. I think Santana's at first. I yeah. think. I think honestly, I think they put Cesar at second. Um, if uh, not. No, I. I mean the the. If I had to guess, there line up and I'm going to do this right. We'll wait. Let's get your thoughts on the Phillies. Then I'm going to guess their lineup. Yeah. You've been talking for a while. You're kind of a hog, dude. Uh, you know, I mean, 
<laughs> I'm the, you, know, it's the, you asked the Phillies fan opinion. I have a lot to say. I've kept my mouth shut for four other things. No, honestly, um, you know, it's a little it's, – it's interesting that the Phillies went out and spent so much money that they did because, you know, last season was all about getting the young guys' experience. It was all about building up the talent, building up, building up their prospects, if you will. Um, and all of a sudden, Gabe the Babe, former Red Sox, World Series champ with the Sox, comes in as the manager, and now they're – that was his nickname. He was a hottie, hottie with a body. Now, um, you know, they're spending money left and right. Um, Carlos Santana was a huge get. Yep. You know, people were talking about him getting absurd amounts of money, and, yep. you know, three years, $60 million is is, yeah, a lot, but it's not – I mean, Bryce Harper's talking about getting over a hundred mil. Like, yep. it's not crazy. Um, yeah. And then, obviously, you know, Cesar Hernandez had a great year last year, and when he wasn't hurt, right? And Franco, you know, did did some good things for them. And Rice, your boy, uh, Rice Aroni, <laughs> Rice Aroni, not bad. As doable as doable. Uh, as Dubal Herrera, he was their only uh, all-star guy, right? No, no, it was Nishak. That was uh, their only starter, and then they traded him to the Rockies. Right, 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 right. Nice. Um, but, I mean, like I said, the team has a lot of young talent, and now with these older veterans, they do have those guys. Um, this is my sort of prediction. Do you think that Carlos Santana could end up like a Ryan Howard type for this team? What do you mean? As a just power hitting, that's really it. Yeah, I mean the tiny, tiny, tiny ballpark that's about as big as my pinky nail, um, where guys just launch home runs all over the place, and um, you know, sort of a big first baseman that just eats up at bats for other people and and crushes homers here and there and this and that. So I don't know, just just a quick. Just a quick little thought that I wanted to interject, and I'll, we can talk about later. But no, this team is exciting. Um, honestly, the the most the the most I think the biggest improvement outside of some of their because their offense was pretty decent last year. Um, yeah. I think I think the biggest improvement it was to their pitching, um, and that's really what they needed. Um, if you know their their offense is, is doable, and with that tiny 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 ballpark, I think that they will put up a ton of runs um, at home, but. Um, they're, they're, they're starting pitching and, and the relief pitching really not only that much older, but like you said, get a, get a guy like Jake Arietta um, in there who can really help set the tone moving forward. I do have a quick question about Jake Arietta. Sure. Outside of that world series run and the other year with the Cubs, you know, did he really have any good years outside of those two? No, that's been the interesting thing about him. He had the Cy Young year in 2015. And then he had a the World Series run. He was he did pretty well. He started to lose velocity. Then last year is interesting because he didn't start the season very well, and then he started to look better towards the end of the year. And then he was still a little shaky. Um, he's still, I mean, comparatively to to a lot of guys that were out there, is still he's got the experience. I think that's the big part with it. He brings that attitude to the locker room or to the clubhouse. Uh, so I, I think that helps out a ton, much more so than any, than a lot of other things. Cause 
I mean, we talked about this a lot with the Sixers and, and getting their the veterans they signed of just bringing that kind of attitude, what you bring every day. That was something that a lot of people were critical of. You know, they're always critical of young teams that they don't know they don't know how to be pros. This guy can help teach them how to be a pro. Yeah, but again, like I he he came onto the scene like three years ago or four years ago, and he really I mean he's a relative I mean, a two, three year guy. And like you said, he's already losing velocity in his fastball. He's already this and that. Like, I just don't think he's going to have as big of an impact as everybody, everybody in Philadelphia thinks. No, yes. I don't think he's the, I don't think he's going to be, he'll probably be the number two. Mm-hmm. I think Nola is probably in for a bigger year because mm-hmm. he started to show some more consistent signs towards the end of the year. It's worth noting. Cause you mentioned it a little bit with our offense, but the Phillies entered the All-Star break 29 and 58. They ended the season 66 and 96. So they only lost if I do the quick math, they lost 38 games uh on the other side of the All-Star break and won 37. Uh so I mean they played just about 500 ball. So once they started to get it together a little bit and this is struggling with all the different health issues that they had in their in their rotation and an inconsistent bullpen. So I mean, if they get even just I'd say kind of bring you back to Arietta, I'd say 90% of what you you've seen in the Cubs over the last three years of him, you know, assuming that he still digresses a little bit, I mean, he could still help out a ton. Yeah, you're right. And that's a valid argument, but I just, in, again, not to circle back on it, but I just think this guy had one, two, two or literally two good years. No. Um, you could literally just two good years, two years of steroids, and all of a sudden he's. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, whoa, 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 shade, shade. No, no, not yeah. true, obviously. But two, oh. years, two, year, two, two good years, and that's it. And now, now he's getting this absurd amount of money. And, you know, Clay Buckholz had better. Well, that's more of his. That's years. more of his agent than it is. Him. No, I know, but I'm just saying, Clay Buckholz had better years, and you know, if he was, if Area didn't win World Series with the Cubs, you know, are we really talking? I mean, yeah, the Cy Young, but are we really talking about him? So, I don't know. I just, you know, who I want to see, Jordy. You know, who I want to see in the majors? Who? I want to see Al Leiter's nephew, Mark Leiter. Mark Leiter. Uh, he, I mean, he's. I think he's going to start on the team as a uh, reliever. He's been up and down the last couple of years. He's. Uh, I've seen him live. He's. It's not too shabby. Yeah, I mean, is a uh, famous uncles or whatever. But uh, is he? Is is will he? Uh, will he impact the team? Yeah, I mean, he started some games last year, and I mean, literally, he was up and down. I don't think. I mean, he had one game that was seven shutout innings against the Marlins, but there were a lot of, and this is more towards the end of the season when he was really getting starts. I've seen him come out of the bullpen. It's been up and down is probably the best way to put it. He, he finished the season with a 496 ERA, which isn't very good, but he almost struck out a batter an inning, 80, 84 over 90 innings. So, you know, I mean, there's some power pitching to him. I don't know if he's an impact player to answer your question, but there's a quick rundown of him. Listen, we got to move on because we got two, two, two divisions going on here. So let's do the nationals. We can come back to the Phillies. Um, Let's do the nationals and, and 
then we can give predictions and we can come back to the Phillies. Okay. We move on we to the Washington. We've been at this for what? See, this is why we keep this is why I get bring you on for the National League East specifically. Because if it was me and Matt, we'd spend the next three hours trying to dissect every little bit of this fucking team. And I'm only gonna get my heart ripped out by like May 15th. So thank you, Greg. I appreciate <laughs> you saving my time for an eventual heartbreak. <laughs> all right, all right, nationals. Um, did they improve this offseason? Uh in short, I would say uh, probably uh, it, it's, it's tough. I mean, you still got Bryce Harper. You, you're getting guys back like Adam Eaton that are healthier. You still got Ryan Zimmerman. You st- I mean, their offense is basically the same. Uh, you know, you add, you add a couple of arms to the, to the rotation. No, I mean, so you're probably looking a little better than you did. You still have Ryan Madsen. Who's a good, you know, good setup guy. So, no, I no, think the only I thing they say, didn't do was, was I would catcher. Say, I would say a thousand percent no, they did not get better. Um they stood pat. Exactly. And and they yeah. were they were good enough there to, to do so. Uh I think the biggest problem with the Nationals is after this season, what you know, what do they have coming to them, I guess, if you will, because you know, they got Bryce Harper, Daniel Murphy, Joe Gonzalez, all gonna be free agents at the end of, at the, end of the year. Um you know, it really comes down to this. If we're talking about it, you know, Adam Eaton, great, great player, going to be even help out their offense even more. Uh, Ryan Madsen sort of can help in the bullpen. Um, their bullpen need need to be addressed, and they didn't do much to do that. Um, no. But hopefully, a full year of of some of the guys they picked up at the deadline can help them. But I mean, their starting pitching is, you know, not Mets level, but it's certainly certainly something to talk about um you know they have three guys who are just you know insurers or strasburg and gonzalez who are unreal uh even tanner rourke and, and jeremy hellickson are really really good um so it's who could be who could be you know two or three guys or the second or third slots on other teams um you know it comes down to madsen how their bullpen does okay listen i know you're a hater but my point well, is the national starting a couple of years of Jeremy Helix and it's I wouldn't go as far as a two or a three. All right, fair. Um, yeah. But on the Marlins, he'd be a one. So <laughs> anyone would be a one on the Marlins. No, but honestly, it's you know they didn't really need to do much. Um, you know they, but like I said, it really comes down to this is sort of their last hurrah unless they're able to to keep Gio Gonzalez and Bryce Harper. Um, I mean, I think they could afford to lose uh, Daniel Murphy, but neither here nor there. Uh, Trey Turner is is the real deal. They're shortstop. Um, Zimmerman, obviously. Rendon. Yeah, I mean, they got talent up and down this lineup, um, and they have depth. And now they have a manager who's who's not. I mean, look at the guy who replaced Dusty Baker in Chicago. What did he do? Who's Sweet Lou? <laughs> he won them a World Series, right? Well, no, sweet. It was Sweet Lou was the first. You're talking about Joe Madden. Um, oh, he came in. He came in two guys later. Well, Sweet Lou. Then there was a guy in between Lou Pinella uh, and, yeah. and Madden. Okay. Yeah, Dusty All Baker right. was there way, way long. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. Well, the point is that you know maybe the new manager. Um, I mean, Dusty Baker got the Nationals to have the best. I mean, maybe their talents alone, but the Nationals had had an unbelievable 
you know, record last year. But the big thing here with the Nationals is managing personalities, right? That's really what the manager needs to do here is try and figure out how to keep everyone happy, if you will. Um, Jordy, do you think this team can win 100 games? Because no, that's really what people are talking about uh, in the world. I don't think they can. Like you just said, they didn't really improve that much. They only won 97 last year. I think the Dodgers did more to improve. Only won 97 I think seven games. The 97 games is like one of the one of the top ones in all of baseball. Yeah, they finished second in the league. Uh, my point being, though, is that the Mets got better. The Mets were not so good last year. I don't have their head-to-head record. The Braves might be a little better. They might be around the same. The Phillies are going to be a little better. Uh, so they could clip off a couple games. The Cubs are still a threat. The Cardinals are going to be better. The Brewers are going to be better. And then we talked about the NL West. The Dodgers are still there. The The Diamondbacks are still there. The Giants are going to be better because they're healthy. So I, I think that you capitalized on a weak division to win 97 games last year. Okay. And the, the rest of the National League, the bottom of it, wasn't anything really too much to write home about either. Right. That's fair. So, yeah. You could argue... The Marlins got worse. You could argue, argue the, the Braves are still going to be the same Braves. You could argue the Mets are two injuries or one injury away from being the same exact team they were last year. Yeah, the Phillies got better, but you could argue that the, the, the NL East is one or two injuries away from being just as weak as it was last year. Yeah. But anyways, um, bottom to top, who's your last team NL East? Uh, the Marlins. Yeah, same. Yeah, pretty easy. Obvious there. reasons we talked about it. Next team. I am going to go with the Atlanta Braves. Ooh. So, you know what? I'm not going to do it to you. I'm going to go with the Braves as well. Um, Just because, you know, honestly, yeah, they got better, but they're still still relying on on so much young talent, and the young talent can only get you so far. I think Um, youth and pitching is my my concern. Yeah, and and – you know, yeah, it worked out for the Yankees a couple of years ago, but the Braves are not the Yankees. So, well, yeah, and to to be fair, their young talent isn't Aaron Judge, Greg Bird, Gary Sanchez. It's yeah, you know, we yeah. already went over. Yeah, third, I have the Phillies, though. Okay, yeah, I don't think it's it's a. Some people are saying the the Phillies could be a Minnesota Twins like run, or could have a Minnesota Twins like run, which don't get me wrong, I would love it if the Phillies had that that type of wild card run. I just think that the the National League, including the next team that I have in second, there's so many other teams that are are much more poised to make a playoff run that it would be tough for the Phillies to hurdle all of them. So I think there's a bit of a gap between them and the second place team in the NL East for me. Yeah, and then there's no guarantee the second place team in the NL East even makes exactly. NL East even makes it. So, yeah. um, I mean, probably won't even. Anyway, so honestly, yeah. Jordy, I went Mets third, and simply oh. be, simply because you know, I'll talk about it why. But I went Mets third because last year we saw how crippling two injuries were, right? Mm-hmm. I guess three injuries were. So it's just one of those things to me where it's like if if you can be if you're if you're that close or you're that on the edge of verge of of coming in essentially last place in the division only only three or four games better than the Phillies ended up then can I really put you in second can I really make you the second best team in the NL East um you know some people are talking about 2 years ago and that may be fine and quite frankly I'm, I I you know 
I'm, I wouldn't, I'm definitely not a Mets fan, but you know, I, not a team that I root against. You know, I, I, I do like the Mets um, as a whole, so I definitely don't want to see it. But I think they they end up in that third position, and here's why: the Phillies last year, I was so high on them. It was as as it was the only thing I got wrong in our predictions from last season. So I need them to bounce back, make me look good again, just make me look like I was a year off from my prediction. Where'd you have them? I had them in last. I know that. No, I know. I had them ahead of the Braves and the Mets, and I or not the Mets, the Braves and the Marlins. Um, Mm. I had them third last year, so I'm hoping this year if I put them in second, they'll move up. (laughs) I'd be happy with that. Um, Just because I had the I I I was just high on them, Um, but maybe you know that was just you and Steve. Got in my head, and last second I decided to switch. So I think brings us top of the division. Nationals both agree. Number one, um, you think they're going to win less than ninety-seven, which is what they won last year. Um, you know, I think I think that's I think the ninety-five to, I mean, maybe even ninety to ninety-five range is more realistic um, for the Nationals. Um, sort of going along with what you're saying, but you got to remember if they they have the same thing with their starting pitching they haven't really had a full season where all five of those or all three of those studs have made it um consistently i should say through the season so yeah and it's worth noting too cuz i'm just kind of going back through the last couple of years beyond 2017 uh in 2015 part of it was what you just mentioned of of injuries but they missed the playoffs entirely they won 83 games 2016 when they uh, you know, they started really building up that team. Uh, they won the division. They won 95 games, and that was with the Mets at full strength, winning 87 games. The Marlins, obviously, with having Jose Fernandez for most of the year. Um, and, of course, we all know what happened there. But still a very, very talented Cardinals team that didn't miss the playoffs. Good Giants team. So my point being is that when the the, the powers that be within the division are still firing on all cylinders – it kind of, it does affect what I was talking about before of of the residual on the the Mets or not the Mets the the Nationals wins. Yeah, no, I agree. I definitely agree. Yeah. Now, really quickly before we uh, we start moving on, because uh, you talked about our predictions last year, can we talk about Stevie G's predictions from this preview from last year? <laughs> he, for those me. that don't that weren't listeners, then he picked. I think you picked the Mets to win the division, but you definitely <laughs> picked the Mets to win the World Series, <laughs> which he might have just done to be the big homer and and really emphasize that home and and uh and, and all that good stuff. But he picked that on our podcast in our preview, so uh, it's worth noting that that happened. <laughs> Listen, he's more of a stats guy, less of a uh, <laughs> hot takes of a guy. guy, but still. Absurd, crazy, 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 crazy shit. I mean, to be fair, I picked, uh, I picked the Red Sox. So at least they made the playoffs. Yeah, you know, I didn't <laughs> pick the Phillies, so can't call me a homer like Matt. <laughs> seriously, Anyways. Though, this, seriously, that guy fucking in our football picks, he picks two teams to always win: the Phillies or the Eagles and the Patriots, because he loves Tom Brady. And then he always picks the other three teams in the division in the a- NFC East to lose because he wants them to lose. He's the biggest fucking homer. Some people have said they don't read it because he's such a homer. Can't be it that way. Can't do it. <laughs> Can't handle these people, Greg. This is why you you keep me in check. Tell me how you really feel. Well, no, I, 
I love you, Maddie D. Even though I know you're not listening, but I love you, Maddie D. All right, let's quickly roll through the NL Central so we can get to some hockey talk. Um, <laughs> Milwaukee Brewers, Jordy. This team came on the scene hot last Ooh, year. Going out of alpha, out of alphabetical order. Don't we go by B? Are we doing by the team name, like the? Well, I've been going by city. Okay, fine. Go ahead, start it up. So we start with the Chicago Cubs. All right, Chicago Cubs done. Here we go. <laughs> So the Cubbies come in uh, having stormed back to win the division last year uh, after having a really, really slow start to 2016. They even admitted that the, the World Series hangover was real. Uh, but they, uh, you know, they made some moves. They went out and got Jose Quintana, uh, among other guys, and came back, won 92 games, nearly made the World Series, and they cleared the rest of the division by six games. And... You know, you might have lost Jake Garrietta, but you replace him with one of the bigger prizes on the free agency board, and that's you, Darvish, and that helps a ton. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, I mean, the World Series hangover is 100% the reason why um, they sputtered in the beginning. Um, And, I mean, a lot of their pitchers were so slow coming into the season because they pitched so much in the playoffs. Um, being Hendricks, Arietta, and Lester. But um, that said, their bullpen was kind of weak last year, but I think uh, you know they can have a bounce back year for sure. Um, I think the big thing about the the Cubs, honestly, is is you know Addison Russell having a needing to come back and having a, go back to his All Star form of 2016, if you will. Um, and Kyle Schwarber losing, a, you know, almost doing the Tom Brady diet, coming back looking good. Hopefully he can uh, bring something to them, but they have guys in this team who would be starters anywhere else. You know? Yeah, and even I mean the vet Ben Zobris, jo- John Madden's like ideal Joe person. Joe Madden's ideal person. Like, anyways, this team again will have another great year. Jason Hayward, their quote unquote captain. Don't believe it for a second, but. No, no, Anthony Rizzo's their captain. I know, but remember when they did? Oh, yeah, he did the he had the the fucking locker room speech in the in the which, what's it called? In, whichever, which people, yeah, exactly. Which people have come out and said that it wasn't actually him, but everyone on the team said to say it was him so he could get some contract or some bullshit. No, it was for redemption because he he fucked up in the uh, to whatever. We're we're really living 2016 now. Anyway, but, so they have a big bounce back year. I think they do way better this year than they did last year which I think everyone's predicting. Um, I mean, they still won 92 games last year. I'm, I'm still seeing them in sort of that similar yeah. 95 range, if you will. Yeah, um, I would say, yeah, mid-90s sounds good to me. Yeah, and, and you know, quite frankly, it's a team that every if you really want to – if you really don't know or haven't heard of the Cubs in the last two or three years, then you're just not paying attention, and this pod isn't for you. Um, but th- with that said, like, s- subscribe, share. Uh, review. I mean, at this point, with how we fucked up at the beginning, it's the same thing with the last double pod. You know, they might not, they're probably tuned out at this point. They think I'm an idiot. There's no way they think you're an idiot. How did we mess up in the beginning? Yeah, the whole Okuna thing. I mean, how is that a mess up? They 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 put him on the roster, but they're waiting like four days for Chris Bryant. And you just like Chris Bryant, you figured it out. You got it down. Just cut it. Make us look good. All right, moving on. We got to have the error. I'll cut it to make it seem a little more smooth. All right, who's next? Cincinnati? Cincinnati, uh, (laughs) not a lot to write home about this team. Let's start there. 
Yeah, so, I mean, this is similar to the Braves situation for me in terms of their young talent, especially the young pitching. Um, you know, this team, again, sort of the Red Sox had the, the weird two-game – Two, they did two and two, and Ben Attendee going back. It was like a big deal, whatever. But, um, you know, they still have Joey Votto, who's always going to be good, I guess. <laughs> so Billy Hamilton. Yeah, exactly. Jeanette. Yep. Yep. Uh, and- Suarez, who's really good, and Duvall's good. Yeah. Um, Billy Hamilton. But, yeah, I mean, they, they, they have talent. They're super young. They're, they're, they can make some noises. Homer Bailey uh, starting pitching. I just – the youth of this team is sort of, again, similar to a brave situation, sort of their downfall and the fact they play in this division where it's so – there's so so much talent at the top that they're just not going to be able to compete um, for the division win, in my opinion. But, you know, there is a lot – there is a lot – the future is bright, I guess I should say, in Cincinnati. Yeah, the number of ones that I'm seeing in terms of years of experience on their roster is incredibly high on their, uh, especially on their pitching staff. So I think that's probably where a lot of it comes from is the fact that you're having this inexperienced young pitching staff that comes in against a team like the Cubs we just talked about. We're going to get to a few other teams that, that might give them a little bit of trouble, but I think you're right. The pitching, the uh, future is very bright, but 2018 might be a little bit longer. Yeah, and their pitchers. I mean, there's. St- I think the average age of their starting pitchers is like 25, 26. Like they're so young. Yeah. Um. And and it's crazy because they had one of the worst ERAs in baseball last year. But again, half their guys, half their starters can throw 90, 95 to ninety eight yeah, to hundred. You know? Yeah. Yeah, they're going to be unreal. And, and Anthony, mm-hmm. what? Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to ask you, do you think they sell any of their bigger names at the deadline to try to get some more more assets? I mean, I don't know if they – I mean, who are they going to sell? Votto? And, who? you know, they tried that last year and no one was buying it. Who are they going to yeah. get back? You know, <clears throat> their young guys are so valuable that, like, if they were going to sell, they'd sell young guys to get guys to help them win this year, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're not gonna you're not gonna go out and trade for Bryce Harper for rent a rent a rest of the season. Um, you know, you want to build up the young guys. You want to build up the young um, starting pitching, if you will, and and the offense again. Another small park. I don't know what National League in small parks, but um, they sort of want to have that. Let let the hitters find their way, and let the pitchers certainly. Um, make up for a, a tough 2017. Yeah, absolutely. And it's worth noting too, that in that over the last couple of years, the, the reds have come out incredibly hot to start the year, showing the talent they have, but quickly, quickly fall apart. Probably by, if not mid April, by May 1st, they're starting to, to really slow up. Yeah. That could just be youth adrenaline, but oh, I think, exactly. yeah, yeah That's I, getting th- I think they hang in there a little longer this year, Jordy. I think they do. I think they do improve in terms of their record um last year they only won 68 games i i have them pegged in the high 70s if not I 70 if not 75 sort of that um sort of where the i guess yeah i'd say i'd say lower 70s for me if i had to guess a number but yeah, we'll get to yeah no i just think that yeah. you know six only 68 wins last year i i think they 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 beat that uh in my personal opinion i think they're better just because they got that much a year older yeah, all right. Yeah, that that makes sense. 
Yeah. But let's move on. Let's move on to the next team. We got the Milwaukee Brewers next, who come in probably as one of the more exciting teams on paper, especially from a lot of the moves they made. And I think they're probably where we might start to differ in terms of win numbers, uh, both for both for the Brewers and for other teams as well. I think they they become this flexing point um, or ref- uh, this sort of focal point on, on the rest of the National League on um, where they can where they can affect some uh, some other teams. Yeah, I mean, and I think last year we look at it, and really out of the gate, the big surprise was Eric Thames, right? Yep. And he was crushing the ball, knocking the cover off of it, and then he really petered out towards the end because pitchers started to see his weaknesses, started to read him out. Do they have a guy like that that can carry them and surprise people like they did last year? That's the thing. Like last year, this Brewers team was such a surprise and that people weren't expecting them to be as good as they were. This year, they're coming in with expectations. You know, it's exciting because the Brewers haven't been this good since CC was the rent a pitcher and went over and, and whatever. You know, they, they're really having that sort of, you know, this is almost a team where, I mean, Ryan Braun might not even be a starter for them. Um, Possible. And, yeah. And that's like, you know, by the end of the year, he could, you know, Ryan Braun might be, you know, again, not a starter. So, um, which is saying something because they got yell they picked up Yellis, they got Lorenzo Kane, Travis Shaw, uh, you know, again, Thames, Santana, Braun. Um, so it's just, there's a lot of offensive talent. Um, and their pitching again, had a, had a pretty solid year last year. Um, they had, three or four guys who were averaging close to seven, eight strikeouts per game. So, I mean, that's, that's really impressive for, for a team to, to do. And, and, you know, you can say what you will, but I think their pitching and their offense combined is sort of something to be excited about. Um, and definitely something that I think imp- they definitely got better. hundred percent got better this year than they were last year. But the problem, the difference is last year, they, surprised everyone this year they're not going to have that luxury people are actually going to be looking out for them people are going to be game planning for them you know it's just like when the patriots go into every week you know people give them their best game you know they're not looking oh this is the dolphins whatever we can go in easy this is you know they're looking at one of the top teams okay we got to prepare we got to play up so i just don't think they have that surprise factor like they had last year which allowed them to start so hot and so well in the beginning of the year no, 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 I, I, I agree with that. I think you're probably a little more prepared for them, especially with you know the Cubs, with the Cardinals. We're going to get to them in a second. Other teams in the NL, I think, can aren't going to underestimate them coming into it. Uh, I do think though, getting guys like Lorenzo Cain, uh, getting you know we mentioned Christian Yelich earlier in the podcast, but getting him uh, and still having some of the those names if Eric Thames can bounce back if Travis Shaw still has a pretty good year at third base um even even their starting pitching if they still do pretty well and I like their bullpen a lot I like Josh Hader who they got from Houston in the middle of the year last year should be a good uh set up man and uh Corey Nebel as their closer should be pretty solid I'm I'm pretty high on the Brewers not high enough to you know you know as a quick look ahead to put them too high up in the division um, or really to have them win spoiler alert, but <laughs> I think it should be a fun, fun year in Milwaukee. 
Yeah, no, for sure. And I, like I said, I think the excitement around the city and around the the team is going to be like it was almost when they won. Uh, or sorry, when like I said, when they made the playoffs and CC was there and they were it was super loud and everyone's talking about how great the fans are and blah blah blah. But and they let up a grand slam to Shane Victorino. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Almost like it. Almost like a. Almost like a Nashville where like fans show out for playoffs and super loud and blah blah blah. Anyways, um, oh, we'll, we'll talk about them. <laughs> yeah. But no, I mean I think they did get better. Like I said, Yelich is just that much of a game changer for them, and yeah. and, and it's almost to a point where I hate to say it, but I really don't think Ryan Braun starts for them on a regular basis. I can see that. Yeah, I, really I can absolutely don't. see that. He's. And I mean, say what you will about. No, I'm sorry, you finish. No, I was just gonna say when was the last time that happened. A while ago, I mean, saying suspensions, right? Right. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, they're going to be fun. But let's move on. We uh, got a few other things we want to talk about after we finish up the St. Louis Cardinals, the last team in the NL Central. Ooh, don't forget the Pittsburgh Pirates. Oh, you're right, the Pittsburgh Pirates. You know, you know how I feel. About <laughs> Thank you for keeping me in check with them. But the St. Louis Cardinals. I mean, Lorenzo Cain helps helps the Brewers too, but anyways. Continue. Oh, I mentioned Lorenzo Cain. No, I know. I'm just saying they spent a ton of money on some guys this year, oh, so yeah. they're going to get better. But anyways, yeah. let's move on. St. Louis Cardinals. We got them. They should be a lot of fun to watch too. They are they have a couple of young guys. They also have a former Marlin. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Marce- I think they, they got the better former Marlin, in my opinion. Marcelo Zuna. Marcel Ozuna, who we 30, mentioned before. 37 home runs last year. Yep. Yeah, a much-needed power bat to add on to this very good runs factory of a uh, of an offense. Um, still got guys like Jed Jayorko, Matt Carpenter, Paul DeJong, Colton Wong, Jose Martinez, and Yachty uh, filling out the inner part, Dexter Fowler, Tommy Pham, and Ozuna out in the outfield. I mean, they got they got a lot of pieces that they can uh, you know Matt put Carpenter. together put it together in a, a number of different ways. No, 100%. Their offense is, is probably – will be as good as, as you could argue since Pujols left. Um, I mean, you, Matt Carpenter as well in there. But the biggest question mark for the Cardinals, which has been – seems like the last couple of years is sort of that – they're starting rotation as well as their bullpen, right? Um, <clears throat> bullpen more than the rotation. Yeah, I mean, Adam Wainwright and, and Waka um, both – Used to be good, but recently their their ERAs are pretty high. Carlos Martinez obviously is doing well for them, but um, their bullpen for sure, as as you alluded to recently, they need an upgrade. And this is a team that has some depth. Um, they have depth where they can trade some some of their bats for some solid, or even their youth in the in the minor league systems, trade them for some solid bullpen guys and sort of uh, it's tough though, because you look at, you look at Washington nationals last year, they needed to improve their relief pitching at the deadline. And it, there was not, no one was really shopping relief pitchers and no one, they didn't really get enough good relief pitchers to, to help them get over the hump for the they got, uh, Kinchinder, right from no. uh, Minnesota. I'm saying about the nationals, but yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I the just nationals say, did. I know, but I'm saying he didn't do much. He didn't do well for them. I mean, they didn't win the World Series. They didn't even make it to the NLCS. Okay. All right. Um, but anyways, 
the Cardinals, I think they need some pitching, uh, both starting and bullpen help. Um, personally, I think probably more starting help than, than bullpen help. I mean, the especially the NL. I mean, maybe maybe not. They need more relief pitching help. Now that I just think about it. National League's all about pinch hitting, anyways. But their offense, you're right, 100. Um, percent We've gone this far, haven't even mentioned Yadier, um, but he just makes makes the team go. It makes the team tick, if you will. Uh, Colton Wong is going to have another great year. Dejong, like you said, um, this team is is very good on offense. Big, big question, I think, starting pitching and bullpen. No, I absolutely agree. Quick note on their uh, starting pitching, just looking at the colleges. One of their uh, – so this is a starter, should be in that rotation. Miles Mikolas, if I'm pronouncing his last name right, listed for college having gone to Nova Southeastern. It's a college now that, that I just gave it a little Google. Uh, it's in Broward County, Florida. Uh, it's an enrollment of 25,000 people, but it sounds like it's a fucking made up school that you'd play in like NCAA football for like your, you know, your, your FCS game. You know what I'm talking about? Um, yeah, I do know what you're talking about. He, I was also going to mention him because he spent, he's been in Japan playing in the professional baseball league in Japan for, I think it's been four years. So yeah. this is like 29. Come back. Well, he's 29. He's been pitching in Japan. We all seen how, how Japanese pitchers, when they come over, you know, they struggle. So I don't know how he's going to handle American hitters again. But interesting that he went to such a tiny, tiny made-up school in yeah. Florida. <laughs> yeah, like literally, I, I would think it almost seems like, because last year he played was in 2014, and that was the last college football game that came out. Like, this sounds like something like he was playing, like, NCAA football and just wrote something down when he was, uh, you know, where, where'd you go to college? Oh, over Southeastern. Oh. But anyway, yeah, I think you're right. I think the pitching staff becomes a big question. Waka, very inconsistent. Wainwright had some injury issues, but even before that, 2016 wasn't his best. So we'll see. If they can they can step up, it could be a good year, but I think they really need to address that bullpen. Yeah, no, I agree. And, I mean, you're talking about a Cardinals team that hasn't been in the playoffs for the last two years. And, I mean, when Seems was the last weird. time? Yeah, exactly. When was the last Seems time weird. that happened? And and do we do we want they were in the them? they were in the play oh no they weren't in 2016 i'm thinking 15 where the cubs beat them do we want them to come back do we want them to make that again do we want them to be a staple in the in the postseason yet again i mean for predictions we can get into that in a second but um it's weird to think that the cardinals haven't been in the playoffs in two years no, it is. It absolutely is weird. But let's finish up the last team in the division, the Pittsburgh Pirates, who come in uh, almost like the Pirates of old. You know, they have their their good guys who they they were homegrown bodies. They had their their heydays here. They made some serious impacts for Pittsburgh, and then all of a sudden, boom! The Pirates decide to trade them. You know, I mean, of course, I'm referring to both Garrett Cole to the Houston Astros and Andrew McCutcheon. Ooh, you the, almost forgot there. Well, I, I don't know. I had like some tickle in my throat, but uh, <laughs> oh, Andrew McCutcheon to the San Francisco Giants. I was going to try to cut that you dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the Pirates still have some guys on their, uh, on their roster, but some of them are 
or more blast from the past types of names like Francisco Cervelli, uh, who's been there. David Freeze has been there as well, but still, like these are the guys are hanging around, and yeah, hate, Ivan Nova's up there. I hate Francisco Cervelli. Oh, I'm sure you do. Former Yankee. <laughs> David they, Freeze, Adam Frazier. They got a lot of old guys on this team. Yeah. So, I mean, they, but I mean, they still have Starling Marte. They still got Gregory Polanco, Josh Harrison, uh, Jordy, who spells his name wrong, Mercer, Josh Bell. They got Corey Dickerson, who who you know, batted pretty well for the Rays. Um, they still have very young starting pitching outside of Ivan Nova. Um, so, I, see, I mean, here's what I think. I think this is, I think their pitching is terrible. Um, I think their bullpen is probably better than their starters, but I think the biggest issue is this. They're sort of, I know I didn't mean to cut you off, but I think they're going to be caught in that limbo. You know, that's sort I, of, I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. that sort of, they started selling off all these pieces. Why not blow it up? I mean, not, maybe not as drastically as, as the Marlins did, but they might, they might as well have with the way they, they got rid of Garrett Cole and McCutcheon and, and even Joe Musgrove. So I don't know. They picked up Joe Musgrove, but yeah, the point is that like, you know, maybe they should have, maybe they should have. Uh, I mean, I, I could, I could understand seeing, see uh, Josh Harrison, Marte, even Polanco being traded before the year's up. Um, yeah. Big time. I think I think they'll be big time sellers at the at the deadline. Um, but you know that's me. Um, I mean, they did get Dickerson, who was with the Rays last year, as you mentioned, and he was an all star for them. Yep. Um, so again, I I just I have a tough feeling. I have a feeling in my stomach that just uh, makes me think they're going to be very much uh, stuck in that limbo limbo area sort of that in between not good enough to make anything but not terrible enough to sell everything they need to pick one or do the other uh, and make it happen sooner rather than later no i agree yeah they're in there i think it's a lot easier to blow it up now than it is to try to put something together around whatever pieces you have yeah uh and because a lot a lot of it too is that you're gonna have to give up whoever you do have down in the farm and that's not really what you want to do. You want to keep on, you want to keep on keeping on and hope that your younger guys like a Joe Musgrove, like a Chad cool guys that are coming into their third year in the league, kind of, kind of start to settle in. Jameis Italians, another guy that you, you hope so too. Um, and you want them to really start to to plant their roots and hopefully become the next Garrett Cole or, you know, name every other great pirate that's, come up jason bay nate mccloud andrew mccutcheon yeah and i mean it was fun i mean when the pirates were good it was a fun time i remember pittsburgh rocking and i mean pittsburgh is a sports town obviously so um i remember you know it was a fun atmosphere when they were in the playoffs but um let's go give me your who's in last uh, i'm gonna go cincinnati in last you know solely out of solidarity to you jordy uh i am i am friends with the based on the Ryder Cup. I am friends with your friend from Pittsburgh there, uh, uh, J Rod, if you will. Uh, yeah. The fake. I'm not gonna say it, but the fake, uh, whatever, as you say. <laughs> he knows what I'm talking about if he's listening, since you say it. Um, again, just the messenger. We are friends. <laughs> but I'm gonna put I'm putting the Pirates in last. Uh, I think okay. they're huge sellers. I think they sell all their assets. Um, it, well, most of their assets, and uh, I think the uh, yeah, I think the Pirates are last, and the Reds are are fourth. No, I can see that. Yeah, I, I have the Pirates fourth. Uh, 
I mean, I think if they sell, it's almost like a, it's like what you saw with the Tigers almost that could happen in Pittsburgh. They sell off the remaining pieces and then just nosedive right into last place and have some abysmal second half of the year. Oh, for sure. Um, Yeah. So my third place team, I think I'm surprised a lot of people. Um, I'm going, I'm going Cardinals in third. Damn it. I was doing the same thing. Wow. Ah, nice. Great for those, hey, great pick to you, Jordy. Great minds. For those who don't know, um, everyone has the Cardinals coming in second. Some people have um, a wild card. Yeah, I mean, I think both the Cardinals and Brewers have the chance. I just don't think the Cardinals did enough to address some of their pitching needs. Um, and I think I think the Brewers got that much better than they were last year, and they have, they were fun, exciting, and I, I just want to see them in the playoffs, or at least in the hunt. Um, what's your opinion on it? Yeah, I think uh, I really do want to see the Brewers in the hunt. I think that their pitching staff is, is good enough to kind of keep them a couple paces ahead of the Cardinals. I think their offense, too, is a little more poised. Obviously, that, that's assuming that the, the two guys that really got off to a good start for them and what got them into second last year not necessarily have the same meteoric starts that they did in 2017 – specifically Eric Thames. But even if he still puts up 30 home runs spread across the season, that's incredible. And that, that, that helps a ton, especially in a division that features the Cubs. It features, you know, a St. Louis team that every single Fox analyst, I pulled it up, picked (laughs) to make the playoffs in one capacity of the wild card or winning the division, a rod. (laughs) And what did, what, and what did the Cardinals really gain? We just talked about it, you know, what exactly they haven't gained a ton. I looked at it today. I'm like, shit, do I really like, I knew they got Ozuna, but do I like, do I really, do I really need to like dig in and see like, do they have some prospects coming up? They're supposed to be gangbusters, but no, they don't. They don't have a ton. They don't have a ton there. And maybe if they start putting some stuff together or if they, their offense puts, you know, starts outputting at, at, at a meteoric rate, you know, almost a Cubs type rate. Maybe they make, they probably would if it's a Cubs type rate, but even something close to that, maybe they get close. But I mean, we've talked about the Dodgers. We've talked about the the Giants, the Diamondbacks, the Mets. There's other teams that can probably outpace you if you're going to try to beat them in a, in a shootout. I I mean, I agree. I mean, I think I just don't think they did did enough. And and I really think the Brewers got that much better. Um, and we're talking about, I mean, the Brewers ended up finishing way better than the Cardinals, or not way better, but three games better than the Cardinals last year, and and I foresee something similar this year. Um, but the big the big drawback to the Brewers would be the fact that, like I said, and, and you you and I both agreed on it, sort of that they're not going to have that surprise factor this year, which they had last year. So yeah, uh, we both agree, Cubs number one. Give me uh, give me a reason why this this Cubs team goes far. I mean, they're still very solid. I think you basically upgrade Arietta for you, Darvish, uh, so that, you know, I mean, your rotation is, is very solid, even if John Lester is trying to do his best Pippin to Jordan impression, trying to throw over to first base. I think you have the offense to really get it going, and we talked about it before. I don't think the World Series hangover inhibits their start. Well, I mean, I agree. I mean, this, this is the first time that uh... – you know, this will be the first time that that uh, I mean, I think they learned a lot last year. I think, sorry, I think the young guys, they, they like you said, the the hangover, they learned so much. 
um, so that that this time it'll be much different, much better for them uh, in the long run. So I think uh, <clears throat> I think the Cubs make a very 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 deep run. Um, I think so too. We'll see, but I think uh, I think I have the Phillies upsetting them in the first round. So uh, just <laughs> oh, my bad. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. My That's man. what we call pandering in the uh, in the world. Yeah, you know. I, well, you you uh, you inflated my ego, Jordy. Quick, uh, NL National League MVP. One name. I'm gonna go with Bryce Harper. Hmm. Cy Young National League. Clayton Kershaw. Ooh, nice. Manager of the year. Um I'm gonna probably just go with uh Dave Roberts, because I think A to redeem myself for fucking that up last time, and B, I think that Dodger team has something special going. I love it. Uh, I love it. Big fan. Um I think um <clears throat> sorry. Ooh. Uh, a, a National League MVP, yeah. Uh, Harper is the obvious choice. Um, Vlado is also up there. Um, but I, I mean, my my potential surprise pick, I think, um, could be a Paul Goldschmidt, um, or I even like yeah, or even a Wilson Contreras from the Cubs. Um, but ultimately, Ooh. I think yeah, yeah. Expand on uh, expand on both, please. Well, I mean, Goldschmidt is a guy that you and I talked about in the National League NLS yeah. podcast. I think he's just a type of guy that has been carrying that team for so long. And I think this year that team's going to be just as good as they were last year, and people are going to take notice just like they did a little bit last year. And now, without um, you know, some of the firepower they brought in at the end of the year, I think he's just going to produce that much more. Um, and just have those better numbers just because he has a little bit more protection in, in his lineup. Um, and he's always in the conversation, right? Yeah. I would, yeah, I like that idea of, of almost he's the guy that carries him. So why not to the playoffs? Why not reward him as such? Yeah. And, and it's one of those things where for the last couple seasons, especially he's been in the conversation. I think this year he takes that next step because he has one playoff experience and two, he the National League West is going to get a, a lot of attention this year, a lot, and I think he is right there driving the ship for all of them. Um, and then the Wilson Contreras, I mean, you're talking about a 25 year old catcher. When was the last time a catcher won the the, the MVP? You know, um, Joe Mauer. Well, yeah, which was what? How many years ago? Was it 08 or 09? One or the I, other. I mean, that's still oh. nine years, ago. years I mean, ago. Yeah, yeah so. Um, I mean, I think he, I think he numbers wise, I mean, he's hitting right there with, with Rizzo and Bryant protecting him. Um, and he's just going to get, I mean, Rizzo, especially is a guy that gets on base. He's not necessarily, yeah, he's a, he's a Homer guy, but he's, he's, he's also a guy who gets on base. So Contreras is able to hit, hit him in a lot. Um, you know, when he's in there and where he's batting, but, um, I think he's putting up the numbers. I mean, you look at his numbers for the last two years and, um, you know, his averages have been. You know, he, he's, he's, <clears throat> sorry, whoa. Um, I mean, 2017, he, his average was 276 and 2018 or 2016 was 280. So I think he's, he's due to hit over 300 uh, this season, in my opinion. Last year, he had 21 home runs, 74 RBIs, 45 walks. Um, and I, 
I just think that this is the type of 21 doubles. I think this is the type of season or a year for him progression to only get that much better with the more bats he's going to get. Like I said, he's that he's a year older now. He has the experience of, of going through the last two seasons and, and doing that sort of full-time thing. I think this is the year where he's, he hits the 300 plus he gets the, he get I mean, 21 home runs last year, second year in the majors, you know, he's definitely going to improve on that. You know, 74 RBIs. He's definitely going to improve on that. I just think he's primed to have a big year. Um, but I, ultimately I'm agreeing with you, Bryce Harper. I just think those two guys are my sort of second, third wild, you know, sort of wild, crazy pick outside shots. Um, and I'll say young. Yeah. Thank you. And I'll say young, uh, hard to pick against Kershaw. Um, but I'm going to go Noah Syndergaard. Yeah. I like that pick. Hey, listen, you said it Thor, right? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Of a slider that that guy throws. It's just so So incredible. It's incredible. So I, I think Man of the Year is going to go to the Mets. Uh, <clears throat> the new guy, yeah, the new guy there, Mickey Callaway. Because yeah. how often do we see that the guy who whose team was the worst last year or not great last year, all of a sudden they're they're first or in the, in the hunt, and now all of a sudden he gets the Manager of the Year. No, I like that. I mean, but Gabe the Babe, I I I one thousand percent wanted to pick Gabe the Babe. I think he comes in second. I think I think I almost did. Because I think the Phillies are going to finish around 500. I love it. But I thought it was going to be too biased. I think. Listen, I I have the Phillies finishing higher than you do, and I think I think Gabe the Babe is could uh, could be a big reason why. Uh, MVP, AL MVP. I'm going Mike Trout. I'll let you do because I have the I have your short answers. I'll let you do the long ones next. I have Mike Trout for AL MVP, obvious reasons. Um, in the talk, I think. I mean, <clears throat> I don't want to be that guy, but Lindor could be there. Yeah. Um, I'm not even going near any of the Yankees. I don't think they can do it. Um, but even Carlos Correa, shortstop for the Astros. But I think Trout, ultimately. Cy Young, I want to say sale like everyone else, but I'm going to surprise everyone and go David Price. I think David Price has an unbelievable year. If you look at his numbers, just getting better in in Boston. Um, uh, that's probably more wishful thinking than anything else. I also picked Chris Sale last year. And it kind of backfired. Uh, he started out well and then lost it. But you know, I think uh, Sale or Bryce, my opinion. Um, <laughs> manager of the year. Um, I think the person who's going to come in last is 100 percent going to be um, uh, Brett Boone, Brett Boone's little brother. I think the guy who comes in first is 100 percent going to be Alex Cora. But I could also see Mike Sosha winning it uh or even or even the twins manager um just based on the seasons that that the twins and angels are project projected to have yeah. um, but ultimately i'm going alex cora and i think uh, uh brett brun's little brother finishes in last place uh per huge so give okay. me give me why i'm wrong on those or, or give me your opinions no so i like uh i like trout for mvp um big mike trout fan not just because of you know his ties to the, the uh city of philadelphia but i i just think He's, uh, he's really good. I, yeah, but he's he's from South Jersey, which is practically a, a suburb. It is a suburb of Philadelphia, but it's practically an extra neighborhood of Philadelphia. Oh, sorry. Um, so he's from New Jersey, did you say? Yeah, he's from South Jersey. Okay, so he's from New Jersey. Okay, good. They can't like <laughs> Philadelphia if they're from New Jersey. They don't, 
they don't all like the Yankees and the Mets. Anyway, but I like Mike Trout a lot. I've always liked him as a player, um, and I think he's just clearly just so talented. I think a couple guys to you know keep on a on a you know short list. I think Jose Altuve is up there. Mm-hmm. I think he what he can do with the Astros. And really a lot of them, but I, I would put him or Springer as sort of the, the front runners. Same thing with the Red Sox. I think you could put a bunch of a few guys up there, like it like a Mookie, like a I want to throw Ben Attendee up there, but I'm not sure if he, he puts the full season together. Of, I know he cut his hair. I'm a little uh, upset. Um I would even go maybe Dark Horse. A lot of people are high on Byron Buxton out in Minnesota. I think that he might make that next step to really having this blowout all-star well he'll have an all-star year but this blowout mvp type of year become the mar- the marquee player of the nl central outside of you know really anybody in cleveland speaking of i think lindor is up there i think jose ramirez is still in that conversation um i mean you could also throw in some some pitchers too i mean sale could be up there kluber could be up there if he puts in a- together another good season um even justin verlander if he does what he did once he got to houston fires on all cylinders it could be uh could be huge huge if true mm. um al cy young i like sale a lot um i just think what that guy has done in the last couple of years for the red sox for the even back the white Sox, the guy is dominant the guy can carry a team not that he needs to for the red sox but he can and he probably will um I think kind of on your your note of Aaron Boone coming in last place. I think a lot of the Yankees. Sorry, pitching, who's that? Brett Boone's little brother. Oh, I'm sorry, Brett Boone's little brother. Uh, <laughs> a lot of the a lot of the Yankees pitching. Just quickly on them, they they're also poised up there. But if it was possible to short, you know how a player would do, I would absolutely short sell the the Yankees pitching staff stock. Um, other other guys though, I think. I want to pick somebody on the, the angels that could be a dark horse, but I, I can't really think of somebody Jose Barrios though, out in Minnesota might be a good dark horse pick. Uh, he had a decent year last year. He'd probably need to get his ERA down a little bit uh, before I start rambling more, just random players in the American league manager of the year. I do think Mike Sosha, I'm very high on the angels. I think they could do a lot. And I think partially just out of the fact that both Pujols, trout and what they've been able to do of, of the players they've gotten, and bringing Mike Trout back to the playoffs, even though Mike Sosha has been there all along, I think kind of gets that sort of that media vote for it. So I think if, if the angels make it, I think Mike Sosha almost gets locked up as the, uh, you know, as the manager of the year in the American league. I love it. I love it. We're the great minds, great minds, great minds, <laughs> great minds quickly. Go Bears. I know, I know, go Bears. I know it's been a super long pod. Uh, we're so the red side. Oh, sorry. Huge transition to hockey. <laughs> the Bruins are two games, two points, sorry, two points behind the Lightning, and they still have to play two more games that Lightning don't play. There's a very real possibility. You we are staring We are staring at a Philadelphia Flyers first-round matchup versus the Boston Bruins. You know what? That's highly possible because the Flyers have been so goddamn cold. And their game against the Penguins on Sunday encapsulates everything the Flyers have been doing. They basically use their two goalies like a goddamn pitching staff. 
Somebody starts the first couple innings, basically like a playoff game. They start the first period. They see how they're doing. They let up a goal in the second. All right, switch them. And then the other guy does well. It happened this time. It happened the reverse of what had been happening where Morazic stunk, and they bring in Alex Lyon, and Alex Lyon's lights out. Alex Lyon lets up a few man goals against the Penguins. They yank him, and they bring in Morazic, and Morazic looked pretty good. <laughs> Granted, the Flyers have these spurts where they look like absolute shit, and it's really like 10 minutes, start of a period usually. It's been the end of the period too, which I made a comment to you when they played the Bruins a couple weeks ago, and they let up two goals in the last minute of a couple periods, including Brad Marchand's winner. Um, Yeah, they. I mean, they are so inconsistent. I think, though, for you as a Bruins fan and for anybody else, you know, a Tampa fan, even a Toronto fan, even though their road record isn't that great, the Capitals and especially the Penguins, the Flyers are up there too. They actually have a better road record than the Penguins, but all of their road records are terrible. The Penguins are 15 and 20 if you add the overtime losses under regular losses. Washington's 19 and 20, and they've let up a grand total of 14 goals at the Wells Fargo Center to these inconsistent Flyers. The Flyers have been yeah on the road. They're down one nothing in Dallas right now, so they could go and under Flyer, 500. And the Flyers just got jumped by the Blue Jackets. Yeah, that that happened about a week ago. The Blue Jackets had won. Did it hit 11 or was it just 10, 10 games in a row? They they were white hot though, and they right. they stormed up then, past um, Carolina, who really fell apart. We all kind of saw that coming. New Jersey still floating around there. Uh, they're now only a point up though on Florida, who has come really really hot into this playoff chase and good for them. They're super young and they're super talented. So I think they're seeing them back in the playoffs up. would be nice to see. I think, I think they're a couple points up on Florida. No, the, the devils coming into tonight oh, are devils. a point. I thought, up. I thought you were talking about the flyers. No, no, the flyers are three points ahead of New Jersey and four points ahead of Florida. Right. Uh, we're, we're looking at a potential real possibility of the Bruins flyers round one. Yeah, the Flyers uh, would have to fuck really fuck it up, which they could. They're in Dallas tonight. Then they go to, I think it's Winnipeg, uh, the in a couple nights. Um, one of the one of the central teams, and then they're back yeah, home. But the Panthers have have played two less games. Yeah, they played they played less games. Yeah, you're right. And, and they have more wins. Back. They do have more wins. Their row is the same though, so I don't know where it goes to next. If it's regular wins right. or if it's something else. Or if it's head to head, there's a there's a chance we're staring at a Flyers Brewers first round. Um, yeah, there is. You're know. absolutely right. I don't know. I mean, there's a <laughs> crucial game on Sunday though on Easter against the Bruins here in Philly. I will not be going there because I'm I'm going to be with my family. Like a uh, good, what a good, uh, what a good Catholic you are. I'm not Catholic. I'm Episcopalian, but uh, you know, <laughs> Christian, good Christian. Speaking of my giving up beer for Lent is almost over. Uh, with perfect timing because opening day is Thursday. Uh, so I can crack one open while I watch the Phillies play the Atlanta Braves this weekend. Love it. Perfect segue back into we did have a submission for Bleacher Creatures. We had a submission for uh, Stadium Snacks uh, and Beer Corner. But I think we should wait for opening day when we do a pod uh, either early next week or yeah, end tra- of this week. A traditional, traditional uh, bullpen cart podcast instead of the preview. I do want to make one because it's it's more of a preseason type of um, baseball players are fucking nuts, which is our, our other segment that we did a couple times last year. Um, 
And this, I would say this is more of a combination of bleacher creature and baseball players are fucking nuts. But have you seen uh, Chris Bryant rolling around with Yahoo and crashing uh, fantasy live drafts? <laughs> I love it. I did not see that, but I love it. They, they, they basically had him disguised up as a uh, pizza delivery man and shows up. It's it's almost like the um, the who was it that that was pitching to? It was it uh, Tom Glavin that was pitching to somebody last year. Uh, uh, yeah. p- pitching batting practice to, I think it was also Chris Bryant. Um, and he had no idea who it was. He starts throwing gas. <laughs> if you remember who, if you, as a listener, if you remember who this is, please feel free to DM us and correct my me. Cause I, I think I'm wrong, but nonetheless, Greg, anything else you got for tonight or should we uh, hold it off for the, uh, the regular season? Yeah. I mean, tough that uh, opening weekend falls over with that Easter in line, but I'm uh, very excited for opening day Thursday. Um, I don't know if I mentioned, but I will be going to um, Arizona, so I'm hoping to get to a Diamondbacks game this weekend. Um, Downtown Phoenix is pretty cool, where Chase Field is and where the Suns play. Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping to check it out, so hopefully it'll be nice. And then the following weekend I'll be in D.C., definitely going to a Nationals game. So I will have two in-person stadium snacks to discuss. Hell yeah. Um, I'm the looking Phillies forward to pass, so I'll have a lot of uh, Citizens Bank Park intel. <laughs> per usual, I'm yeah. sure. Well, Greg, um, if, you, if you live in Philadelphia, you should look into this. Aside from opening day, which I'm also going to next Thursday, but all the other games, the Phillies have 15, 16 home games, 15 of which are included in this pass. It's $55 for 15 baseball games. You only have to go to like three of them to get your money's worth. Yeah, that's incredible. Are they the the numbers low in April or something? No, it, well, so it's it's through the MLB app, and you only buy a standing room ticket. Nice, no free ads. Yeah, no free um, ads. Um, <laughs> but the games are. We're talking about Major League Baseball itself, so I mean, <laughs> we're giving this whole thing's, I guess, technically an advertisement for baseball. Well, the, the thing, the th- the thing is, it's that, their app. The, stadium, <laughs> the, the stadium's so undersold that you'll be able to sit, no problem. Um, oh, there's there's a good story of that with me and a uh, current AHLer and a guy that used to play in Europe that we uh, all did that for for a number of games one summer. Oh, who's that? Uh, well, the Europe guy is is our good friend and and resident uh, yes. Nets fan Jake Goldberg, but the current AHLer, Mister Trevor Mangoya, uh, yes, yeah, of Milwaukee Admirals, two two Berkshire alum, uh, go Bears. Um, just so we're clear, Ryan Donato scored again tonight. The kid is on fire. Um, are you? Are you? Uh, where do you think he he is on? Just owning Harvard's campus for going back to school or just staying in school. <laughs> is there a, like, there has to be like some more, not even memorial, but like he's basically has a statue like set up there right now. He scored how many goals in the NHL? Yeah. I think, still he, in college? I think he's that close to being done, which is why I think he's staying. You know what I mean? I think yeah. he's that close to graduating. Yeah. Um, Smart. If you're in the same city that you went to school to, you don't want to do what Shaq did. No, and it's Harvard. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, goes without saying. But yeah, I mean, that's why. That's a big reason why. But like BU's Jordan Greenway, the other Olympic uh, Olympic college player, just declared uh, or just signed with the Minnesota Wild, and he yeah, has his first middle game. stat. Just go to Buffalo too. Yeah, but he wasn't on the Olympics. But yeah, he did yeah. just go to Buffalo. But my point is that like 
the, like you said, guys leaving their their state, like because Greenway is actually a junior, and just like Donato had a chance to graduate uh, early okay. based on their credits, middle stats or was a freshman. But um, yeah, I mean, unreal. If you if you can finish, like you said, stay in the same state. That's awesome. But um, city, sorry, same city. Uh, first and foremost, go Sox. Opening day, go Phils. I hope you guys win. You guys can start the year one and zero. Um, and um, hopefully, Sixers clinched. Obviously, the Celtics clinched uh, way before the Sixers did. But no. congrats to Sixers. It's going to be a tough matchup for any team. And Bead, uh, I think, will. I mean, when he wants to, Embiid dominates games. So I think during the playoffs is going to be that much more. And I and if if the Phillies are, if the Seventy Sixers are smart, they'll take him off of his minutes restriction. But that's for uh, Third and Girler and uh, the Basketball Pod to uh, to get into. But well, quick note on it: it was a minutes this year was a minutes quote suggestion. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, he's played a lot more back to backs than a lot of people think. People think he's only played like thirty games. He's played most of the season. Uh, mm. hey, listen, go C's. Let's get healthy in time for the playoffs. Go B's. Bergeron came back last night. Go Sox. Go Any Phils. <laughs> go Phils. Opening go Flyers. Flyers, hope you guys lose to the Bruins, but I hope you win whatever round you play that is not against the Bruins. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, uh, it'd be nice to get like out of the fucking Metro. <laughs> here's the thing. Because I, I said all this shit about the, the Capitals and the Penguins having cher- terrible road records. Mm. They're both going to turn it on in the playoffs. And say what you will, the Capitals haven't been able to get past the Penguins. If somehow the Penguins kind of finagle around, which this could happen, Columbus, if they get hot again, could force Pittsburgh into some weird, and the Flyers figure it out, the Penguins could fall to fourth. And that might be the best thing for the Capitals. Every it. single year that they've played each other in this new weird-ass format, divisional style, I'm talking about the Capitals and the Penguins, the Capitals have had a fairly tough first round. They either played a very physical team that couldn't really score, so all they did was play hard defense like the Flyers two years ago. Or last year they played a very quick and young, so that's why they beat them, Toronto Maple Leafs. But then they're tired when they face this Pittsburgh Penguins team that has three of the best players, three of the best 10 players in the NHL, and might be the first team since 04, which I didn't know that, to have three players in the top 10 in points in the National Hockey League in the Pittsburgh Penguins. And I, if that happens, if they play in the second round again, I think the Penguins still get by them. But, man, if Washington can somehow figure out a way to get Pittsburgh in the first round, that's probably their best way to get by them. <laughs> I mean, Pittsburgh is a tough out regardless. And yeah. like you said, if they can steal one on the road and and bring the game back to Philly, I think they can sweep at home in Philly, Wells Fargo Center. Center. Um, but they have Who? to steal. I'm sorry. Cool. The Flyers could beat the the Pittsburgh Penguins if they steal one on the road. Yeah. Yeah. In seven, I mean, they lost all four games in the regular season. Three of which were bad regulation losses, and I think I think I mean I think the Flyers easily can can take out take out, jeez, take out the Capitals. Capitals. Oh yeah, they they went three and one. They they match up with the Capitals way better than they do with probably any other playoff team. Yeah, I mean, and I think I think the physicality 
of the Flyers. I mean, that's the thing about the Penguins. They can pl- you want to play a speed game, they'll play a speed game. You want to play a physical game, you know, they can play a physical game. They yeah. they can mold themselves to whatever game you want to play. Yeah. Um and they're the Flyers- basically gonna tell you how they're gonna beat you. They're gonna tell you like two weeks before you play them, we're gonna do this for 60. We're gonna we're gonna draw it every minute. And they're going to do that, and you can't stop it. Because like you said, they're so dynamic with all three, Crosby, Malkin, and Phil Kessel, and then the fucking cast of characters they got around them. They can they can chameleon themselves around everybody. Oh, yeah, and and they're just a team that they can win a game 98. They can win a game one nothing. They can, you know, their power play is ridiculous. It's unreal. Um, their biggest weak, weak spot is there. Def- defense, but at the same time, their team defense is good enough to make up for it. Um, yeah, a whole other level, as we predicted a couple couple weeks ago. I think I don't know. The Bruins and Lightning are playing really well right now, so I don't know. And that'll different pod for a different time. But yeah. uh, you should do a playoff preview as an uh, aside, as a quick business note. Obviously, no. Jordy, tell them where they can like, subscribe, review, uh, tell us how great I am and how terrible. Uh, um, your friend from Pittsburgh is, but uh, tell him how great I am. Yeah, so the great Greg Piatelli, you can follow him on Twitter at GT Piatelli. Oh, no, I was I think talking it's... about plugging the blog. Well, yeah, the, we're, the, you were so gracious to come on and talk to me about nonsensical sports for two hours and my love of the Phillies. I never got to say what I think their lineup's going to be, but I'll write it down on a blog post but you can go to thunderblogsports.com <laughs> to see where that prediction comes into play you can follow us at thunderblg on twitter thunderblog sports on instagram and facebook uh we've really been uh stepping up the stories and people have been really liking those so definitely want to yes. check that out on instagram um greg again is greg tp gtp on twitter and i think it's greg rsp on instagram right uh g-e-r P S G R E P S no G E R G S P Greg S P no no on switch Insta- the E in the R ah Gerg S P right uh, anyway you can find me <laughs> Jordo nine on most social media platforms G E O R D O nine the the second O both O's are Z are the letter O not zeros and if you need um, help that's uh, that's G or die. Yes, that is how you spell my name. Uh, but uh, anyway, we do. Re- we really do appreciate it. Keep an eye out for all of our blog posts from myself. Sometimes Greg, Matty D, uh, Ryan White, who's been a great, who's been doing a great job covering soccer for us. We'll uh, try to keep you posted on our baseball league, which features the four of us. Uh, J Rod, the Pittsburgh guy and third and girl of Girls on Hoops fame. Uh, but I think that's going to do it for us, Greg. Thank you as always. This was hey, a ton of fun. Quickly, Jordy. Yeah. Uh, just so everyone knows, we did do our draft last night, and uh, Jordy and I got gold, gold medals, if you will, for the draft. I'm not sure if that's a good thing, but everyone else did not get gold medals. Yeah, so everyone I don't else know. got bronze. I'm I don't know. Sure. Is that is that good, Greg? I I'm not sure, but. I've I've heard in other instances where gold is is really good and bronze is not. So yeah. I'm I'm gonna let's put it up to a vote. Let's do a Twitter poll because we'll I, I, I can't tell if, if getting a gold medal um, is good or not. I, I don't know. I mean, is, does CI and MI stand for 
What does that stand for? <laughs> uh, we'll have to ask Matty D. Since yeah, we'll have to ask Matty D. We'll have to ask him. Um, but uh, yeah. great job, Jordy. Great job, Greg. Thank you again. And go Phils! <laughs>